Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey there, it's Preston here. And before we get started with today's show, I want to share a fun new opportunity with you. We're preparing to launch Freelance to Founder Shorts, five to 10 minute episodes addressing a singular specific question from one of you. If you've ever wanted to promote your business on our show, but don't have enough questions to fill a full episode, this is your chance. Just submit a question at freelance2founder.com slash ask, and we'll give your business a plug and include our best short answers to your question. As always, we can't do this show without you. So visit freelance2founder.com slash ask today and submit a question. You can send a text, record audio, or make a quick video, and it just takes a few minutes at freelance2founder.com slash ask. We can't wait to hear from you. And now on to the show. Hey everyone, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. Every week we sit down with freelancers like you for actionable coaching calls with one mission. To help you ditch the feast famine lifestyle and build your own sustainable business. At one point, we were both brand new freelancers, barely making ends meet. But by now, we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands. Visit freelancetofounder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now, get ready to take some notes because an all-new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now. On today's show, how do you go from small one-off clients to more reputable big-name brands? It's a question I posed to Elna Kane, my guest on the show today. And Elna is a freelance writer who has worked with big brands like Zapier or even Walmart. And in this episode, Elna and I unpack exactly how she got started building her portfolio, how she leverages that portfolio to get new clients, and what she's doing now to attract even bigger companies. If you're ready to build up a healthier client base, this conversation with Elna is a must. Stay tuned and we'll get started right after this quick break. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. My name is Preston Lee with Milo.co and I'm excited today because although my friend Clay is not joining us on this episode, I'm joined by my new friend, Elna Kane. Welcome, Elna. Hi, thanks for having me on here. Yeah, so excited. I was telling you before we hit record um, that I have been seeing your name and your work pop up over and over again over the last maybe year or so. And so I'm I'm excited that we're finally chatting. We haven't really communicated much before this, uh, a couple emails here and there, but that's all. And so I'm excited to have you on the show because I know you're doing really cool things in the freelancing space, um, helping freelancers, particularly freelance writers, but I, I think freelancers of all kinds. Um, why don't you, if you don't mind, Elna, could you give us a quick introduction into who you are and what you're doing and, and maybe give people you know, a reason to stick around for the next half hour or so? 
Sure thing. Hey, everyone. My name is Elna, and I own several sites, actually. You can find most of my work on elnacane.com. But I do have a writing business. And so I do have innovativeinc.ca, which I host my writing services. So I've been freelance writing for clients, for small business owners, and now leading into B2B clients and now bigger brands since 2014. I'm also a mom to twins. So I've been you know, knee deep in writing, but also, mm-hmm. you know, working with raising my twins. My twins have been home for the last two years doing online school and we're slowly making that transition. So I am adapting every year, every season, I adapt my schedule and how many clients I can take because I do not only write for clients, but I write for my own blogs. I have my own products, my own courses, and um, I have a growing email list that I support other freelancers when they have their questions and things. And I try to do my best to answer every email that I get. I love that. I'm curious, you know, because I, so I'm a, I'm a writer as well. Um, I, I used to do some graphic design, but I would say most of my freelancing these days is, is in writing, but I really, the bulk of my time is spent sort of managing Milo and this podcast and the community and sort of all the pieces that go along with that. And I'm curious, like, how, how do you divide your time between, um, you know, like you said, like su- supporting freelancers and you're kind of doing that piece, but you're also a freelancer yourself. What does your time division look like? I think it has changed over the years. Of course, yeah. when I, you know, when I first started as a freelance writer, my, most of my time was spent uh, pitching and sourcing clients and then landing clients and working with clients. I'd say I probably never worked with more than, I think, three clients at a time. That's all I could possibly handle because I was still, and I still am doing this part-time. I had twins. They were like 15 months old at the time when I started freelance writing. And I picked up some clients um, within the first couple months. And so I didn't have much time during the day. I had probably four hours a day to really work on establishing myself as a freelance writer and finding clients at the same time. Yeah. So I I didn't have that much time, but as my brand grew, my 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 name and helping other freelancers, like they found me, they found my site, they found my content, I started helping them more often than my clients. So I would what's nice with the clients that I work with, I I don't know if this is true for a lot of people, but many of my clients like they don't give me deadlines. They value they know about content marketing. They know about SEO writing. They know about long-form content and that it takes time. And so many of my clients, they they don't give me deadlines. They, they just, whenever you can get it done kind of thing. So I have enjoyed those clients. <laughs> yeah. And so I think over the years, I've sort of, that's sort of my, my main thing. Um, I don't know. I've never worked with any other client, even my recent clients. It's whenever you can get the outline done and whenever you can get the post done kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm really happy I mean, about that. I love that. That really speaks to um, the trust these clients must have with you. I know a lot of, you know, a lot of early stage freelancers or even sort of middle stage freelancers get frustrated because they feel like their client does a lot of handholding or micromanaging, um, and and really developing a level of trust with your clients can can lead to this more flexible, less stressful situation. So I really love that. It and and that's a little bit what we're going to get into today, so that the listeners know what we're going to chat about. We're going to talk. Through some of these strategies you've used to um, to get uh, well known, well established, and and clearly very good to work with uh, clients over the years, and maybe things that you've learned that you've done wrong or done right, um, so that uh, you know listeners can can 
learn from your story as well. So you'll want to stick around for that. I think it's going to be really fun to hear Elna's experience in in building up her client base. I know, Elna, do you want to name drop here? Who are a few clients you've worked with or that you're currently working with? Yeah, sure. I mean, in the past, I've worked with... Uh, Blogging Wizard was mainly my first main client that helped me mm. establish myself. And so I was able to work with Optin Monster. Um, I've worked with... Walmart recently in 2019, they reached out to me. So that was kind of cool. Wow. Yeah. Um, smart blogger. I worked, yeah. um, I, I have a post on smart blogger. Um, and then I recently picked up Zap- Zapier. Is it Zapier? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think heard, it's Zapier, but I'm not I sure. I think it's Zapier too because they have Zaps, <laughs> right? But I heard, yes. I, I heard someone call them Zapier. And so I don't I, know. <laughs> I've heard it both ways, but I, I feel like their tagline used to be something about making work happier. And I thought they did that on purpose so that you felt like Zapier happier. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. But yeah, yeah, so Zapier. And then recently, Zapier and Freshworks, which, I mean, that's a huge company. My husband, when I told him like, oh, Freshworks reached out to me and he's like, oh, we we have a service. That, like we're using one of their services. I was like, oh, yeah. that's interesting. So um, I'm just... Now finding, like, this is the year that I decided, like, I set a goal. Like, this year, I want to uh, connect myself with uh, bigger brands in my industry. Mm. You know, I've last year, it was to grow a new service. Last year, I worked on uh, getting clients for email sequences. Ah, okay. So I did that last year, and it's great, but I sort of put a, a stop on that because I found that I was getting approached by brands wanting my writing, like, my article writing. So... I thought, well, you know what? This is, you know, more profitable right now for me, mm, and yeah. I like writing articles. Still, it's still fun for me. Yeah, and you're good at it. You Thanks. can, I mean, you you can tell it shines through that you can tell you enjoy it and that um, that you know what you're doing. So, uh, so I yeah. So I mean, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for the name dropping. I think, um, you know, <laughs> listeners, <laughs> this is this is exciting. Like to to stick around and and talk through. I also love. I also love what you said, which was like these clients approached you. So I think we're going to get yeah. into a little bit of that because, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's something we hear all the time on the show. First of all, like how do I get more established, bigger clients that I can rely on instead of one-off projects? In fact, we did an episode. I think it was just the very last episode we did uh, before this one, where yeah, that was our whole topic of conversation. It was like how I just have these small one-off projects and I just want more established clients. But then also we have people saying like how do I how do I get people to come to me predictably? As opposed mm-hmm. to just like word of mouth or whatever, so maybe we can chat through that. Let's um, let's start off here. Let's say I'm I'm a freelancer. I'm listening. I, I hear your experience. Uh, maybe I'm a little bit familiar with your brand, but but certainly your experience resonates with me. And I'm going, boy, I just have like these small one-off projects. I'm barely making ends meet, or maybe I'm side hustling or something. Where do I even start if I want to start finding some more? Uh, Reputable, high quality, well known, um, maybe bigger budget uh, clients. I mean, where where do you even get started? That's a big question. <laughs> it's a process, honestly. It really is a process. You can't if you're that new. I don't expect you to, for big brands to find you and hire mm-hmm. you right off the bat. Yeah. You know, um, bigger brands when they are looking for writers, they might do a Google search or they might go into LinkedIn. Those are the two areas um, where editors and um, content managers will find and source writers. And so you need to, your whatever brand you have, you need to portray your confidence in knowing your industry, the niche that you are, you want to get paid in, I think is a huge part in, in showing that credibility and presenting an online 
brand. You know, I have, like I said, my writing website is Innovative Inc. It's separate from my my blog. It's separate from everything else because this is my, like my business card. You know, yeah. I give this link to all potential clients. I put this link to, on my author bios for client work. When I have client work in my author bio, I put a link to Innovative Inc. Because I want other potential brands to come to that site where I tell them exactly what I do as a digital marketing writer, a SaaS mm. writer, a SEO writer, whatever they want from me. And I think it, I think having something like that, that's something that I've always, like my brand is, is inbound marketing. It's having clients come to me. And over the years, I've really honed that skill set, And I, I teach that because I don't want, I can't, I can't personally can't hustle every day. Like I have twins. Yeah. I have yep. other blog. Like I have a life. I really, and I do this part time. So I, yeah. I have to have things in place online that can just bring the clients to me. And my website is a huge tool. I have other things. I mean, I have a list of other things we'll talk about that also help with building that. I call it the, the writer platform, you know, building mm. up that writer platform. There's lots of areas and that's all online. So I think that's where you need to first before you can attract or even pitch to bigger brands is can you link to something to show them that you're mm. credible? Do you yeah. have sample pieces? Have you, you know, it's sort of like a chicken and egg. I think a lot of people are like, well, I can't have a portfolio and show them <laughs> right. I've worked on brands if, you know, like it's, and that's true. But I think any writing, I mean, for the longest time, my, my content about freelance writing, that content, because it was SEO'd and long form, landed me clients that wanted me to write about digital marketing or content marketing instead, not freelancing. Yeah. So if you have a blog that's all about travel, that and if it's a good blog and you and you write about it consistently and it shows the dates that you you're doing this consistently and it's actually ranking in Google, you're going to attract potential brands that may not be about travel that maybe want you to write for something else. That happens. Yeah, and and, and in my experience, all all you need is like one shot to to do it right, and once you show them that you can produce good content in their niche as well or in their industry, like if you do it great once, uh, then that any hesitation they might have had about about you know is, is she only a travel writer or or is she only a, does she only write about freelancing or can she also write about what our thing is right? All of that sort of disappears if you can just nail it once for them, then that sort of goes away. So all it takes is like you said, showing some really great samples of, in maybe other industries or similar industries, and just um, getting your foot in the door with one piece. I I uh, I don't want to like belabor this because we spent a lot of time on portfolios on this show in the past. But I'm curious, since you use, since is you know your advice is, as you're getting started, first and foremost, you need a place to send people. What what would you say is like maybe your number one piece of advice for your portfolio website? What what should freelancers do so that when someone you know you hand out a business card or whatever, like you said, you leave it in a bio somewhere. When when someone lands here, what's the number one thing that that should be on that portfolio? And maybe what's the biggest mistake that you've seen? Okay, <laughs> um, for my for what I believe, like with a portfolio. Have more than one. I think a big mistake is people think I'll just have it on Contently, for example. That's or on Facebook. Mm, yeah, They'll make their yeah. portfolio on, on yeah, for yeah. some reason, like they use Facebook. You need um, to have more than one portfolio. And in the beginning, I didn't do that. I only because I didn't know. I didn't know that there was portfolio sites out there. 
So mm-hmm. I just had my website and I had a page on my website that showed my portfolio. And once I learned about, oh, you know what? People are going on Medium, landing clients on Medium, and you can show your work there. Okay, I'm going to put my portfolio on Medium now. Oh, there's Contently. I'm going to go and put a portfolio on Contently. Oh, there's Clear Voice. Oh, let me go put my portfolio on Clear uh-huh. Voice. So I have like maybe five, six, seven different portfolio sites that my portfolio is on. So I, I honestly believe if you can put your portfolio in different places online, you're going to find clients are going to go and view them. Um, I've landed clients with clear voice and contently, not so much, but I hear stories that people. Yeah. Land clients I've had the same experience time. actually. I've, I've actually found, um, so I joined clear voice because I was writing for Fiverr uh, when they were running their software and co. Mm-hmm. And I was just contributing sort of as a friend and just to like get our name out there and that sort of thing. And then they were like, Hey, we're going to migrate you over to clear voice just to manage the process better. Well, in the meantime, Clear Voice uh, started sending me other clients, like pretty reputable clients. Um, I will teach you to be rich with Ramit Sethi, and I'm trying to remember who else, but like some some kind of bigger brands uh, that I didn't expect. I ended up building cool relationships with them as well. I haven't tried Contently, um, but I love I love this piece of advice of like, yeah, be be lots of different places, uh, especially these marketplaces where. You know, Clearvoice would bring in a big client, and I would reap the benefits of that. Uh, well, yeah, and even something like LinkedIn, of course, is a great place to sure. because it's. I mean, I may be a little bit, I don't know, not biased, but like since my niche is digital marketing, I'm only thinking of a lot of like the content marketing places for portfolios. <laughs> um, but I would assume that if you're like a pet writer, a garden, a writer for gardening sites, and and things like that, that you can put your portfolio on something like Contently because there are lifestyle brands. Um, you know, magazines mm-hmm. and things like that that yeah. do reach out. And I do know of that. Um, but yeah, I think having multiple places for a portfolio and then showing your best work. Another mistake a lot of writers might make is because they're brand new, they're so excited, they want to put every piece of content that they write on their blog or <laughs> yeah. they decide to go on a guest, they just put it all out and put it on their portfolio. But you really need to be picky. You need to choose, first of all, the writing and then in the industry, the type of content idea that you want to get paid for and your best writing up front or your biggest brand or place that you've you've landed a, a guest spot or, or client piece, mm. put that up front. And I don't see that often. I also I also think a lot of writers too, because they don't have many places, they're hesitant to have a portfolio. Well, I only have two places that I've, you know, guest posted on. Should mm, I make yeah. a portfolio? You know, in that case, you know, you might want to just really hype up your other pages on your on your website and maybe link to your medium content maybe you've been really working on medium or linkedin just really focus your efforts on linkedin yeah yeah and over over time you start to add in maybe less of your own content and more of content you've done for clients and over time you build that but if you never get started you're always going to feel like you're not ready um cuz like you said it's a chicken and egg situation right where if I don't have work, I can't put it in portfolio. But if I don't have a portfolio, I can't get any new work. So I I love this advice. Uh, I think I think it's really helpful. I guess if I'm listening now as a freelancer and I'm saying, okay, step one, be online a few places, have a portfolio a few places. I know we we glossed over this a little bit, but but how do you typically get people to then visit your portfolio? Let's let's stick with maybe your website to to simplify. Um, like how how do you actually drive traffic to your uh, Innovative Inc. website? That's a great question. Um, 
a better question might be like the type of traffic because Innovative Inc. only gets maybe 400 searches yeah. a month or something like yeah. very low traffic, but it's highly targeted sure. by people that come to my site. So I think with your, if you want people coming to your writer website or your service-based business site, you, your the words that you put on your page have to scream what you want to get paid for. So, I mean, I every year I update my copy on my Innovative Inc. site. So this year I'm really focused on, on SaaS, software as a service. So for the last six years or so, I never had that word on my site. Hmm. So now, because I started doing that, now I'm getting more SaaS clients like Zapier, you know, hmm, because I actually marketed myself, like actually, although that's not how I got Zapier. Well, maybe I did. Um, there was a different way that, that I ended up landing that client. But um, because I have that copy and those words, those clients know they it's B2B, it's SaaS. Oh, okay, she does that. And that helps, I think, bringing people to your site. And then also, I mean, I would promote the hell out of your, your site. Like when I was first new, my Twitter account, I linked to my Innovative Inc. You know, I went on Facebook, same thing, linked to that. Mm-hmm. You know, when I started my email list, I linked to that. I told everyone to go, you know, like I was just throwing my link everywhere. If I was in a Facebook group and, and I could drop a link, then I would drop my link kind of thing. And then in guest posting, I would drop my link on my author bio and then my client pieces. So it's getting that link out there. And yeah. I think that's important in the beginning. It's hard for, for especially writers because writers aren't marketers. They're, you know, they're not salesy. They're not pushy. I'm, and women too. Like for me, I'm not that pushy. Mm. I really am not that pushy. But the little bit of that I You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's going to want to take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people calling with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, 
that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn jobs. I've used it myself and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn jobs and did I mention by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. You do. Works. Yeah. And then and then delivering, you know, on the on the back end too just results in in exponential work as well. A lot of times. Uh, all it takes is like you said, you don't you know, we talk about building traffic to a portfolio site, and sometimes people think, "Oh, I have to get a hundred thousand people visiting my portfolio site because anything I read about traffic online is written by like bloggers who who those kinds of traffic numbers matter." But in reality, like you said, you only need a few hundred people, especially if if you're building a, a model like yours where you only need three or four clients at any given time. Like you don't need thousands and thousands and thousands of visits every month in order to convert a few clients. Yeah, that's true. It's it's nice that way. I think if you have a, a true dedicated website for one purpose, which is to sell your writing, or if you're another type of freelancer, to sell your graphic design, I mean, it, it's niched out. It's nice. Every page has a purpose. Your about page, your hire me page, your portfolio, your contact, all that has all the information that you need in one place. You know, it, there'd be no doubt that if you can get people to that site first, that they're going to hopefully hire you. Yeah. Well, I think this is really great. So, so let's so let's say I'm putting myself back in the shoes of a listener here. I decide I'm going to build a site. I start dropping my link everywhere. Um, you know, how much time how much time should I expect this to take before you know, are are people going to start reaching out to me or or do I have to still be actively pitching and and what does that timeline look like? What do you think? Just obviously, you know what we said before we hit record was you know, Elna's story doesn't isn't going to necessarily mean that if someone does exactly what she did, they're going to have the exact same results. So, hopefully, listeners are smart enough to know that. But, but we're assuming like perfect case scenario. If you could just <laughs> follow a, a template, um, you know, that, that'd be great. We obviously know that doesn't work, but but I guess for sake of story and and for sake of following your path here, you know, how long did it take before you really felt like? you were getting a, a fair amount of inbound leads or or do you still mostly do outbound pitching? How does that all work? I think it does take time to establish your site. I mean, it's brand new to the world. Um, I always stress in the beginning, yeah, for that first six to six months to a year, you're going to be actively hustling um, and growing your website. You're adding to your portfolio. You're tweaking your about copy as you find and re- it, your niche is revealing itself to you and you're finding, wow, maybe I should you know, focus on this side of the industry, not the other side of the industry, B2B, not B2C, um, that first year. Um, for me, it's, it was within months that, but I was actively pitching. So I landed my first clients. They weren't the best. They weren't high paying, but they were my first legit clients that mm. I that showed my credibility that I actually could land a client that I could put it on my portfolio. I landed those, I think, with job boards and with LinkedIn. Mm, yeah. And so, yeah, it helps you you overcome some imposter syndrome too, right? You're like, oh, I actually can do this. Exactly. That really helped me with my confidence. And so, in the beginning, yeah, you're going to be doing a lot of um, outreach. And for me, I I was growing my skill set, and I was uh, guest posting too. And I think guest Hmm. posting is, you know, one of the strategies to help you land bigger clients was like one of the best strategies for me for some reason. And I 
just recently, I stopped guest posting. Like after I landed a couple of clients and I grew my other blogs, I stopped because I was writing so much on my own sites that I didn't guest post. But I'm recently guest posting. This year is a new year. So I'm like, I'm going to start guest posting now. And so now more doors have been opening. Yeah. I would say that was that's one of the biggest ways I've built relationships with companies is is guest posting. And then even better when you can guest post and get paid for it. <laughs> like like we were talking about a little bit earlier. Um, you know, you get a little bit of exposure, but you also get a little bit of payment. And it's a it's a cool way to sort of build your brand and build relationships with companies. So I, I guess I, I you know, you said in the first six or twelve months you're gonna be hustling a lot. Um could you could you paint a picture for exactly how that looked for you? Like like was it cold emailing? Was it cold messaging people on LinkedIn? Was it commenting on people's stuff on social media? Was it all of the above? <laughs> like what 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 uh you know, hustling, <laughs> what did that look like tac- tactically? For me, I I'm not really great at cold um outreach like that. What I did mm. was more of the warm approach. So the the I did job boards. So I did a lot of pitching on job boards. Not a lot, but I did did pitching on the the job boards. And then with LinkedIn, I was playing around on LinkedIn. So because I've never been on LinkedIn. So I was just uh, optimizing my my whole LinkedIn profile, adding my content there, you know, writing my bio, changing my title, things like that I was doing on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, it was guest posting was a huge thing. And and, and the the whole warm approach is getting um, familiar with the people in your industry. So, you know, for me, I didn't realize it, but, you know, just me commenting on, on a blogging wizard's blog post, uh, a blogger, an influencer responded and they hired me to write ghost content for them because mm. of that. So because I was in and commenting a really good comment and then I'd go to another site and do the same thing and comment on that site. So I was just developing these network, these network potentials and I might follow them on Twitter. So I'd go and follow them on Twitter. I might sign up to their newsletter. Not always, but sometimes I would just to be in connection with them. And then I might feature them like in a blog post. I might link to one of their posts, you know, just to be friendly that way. Mm-hmm. I think it's a big part as for freelancers is, you know, even though you work alone, it's like your own uh, side hustle or side gig. You really have to, there's a community out there and it's okay to reach out to other freelancers. It's okay to reach out to other bloggers mm-hmm. or it doesn't even have to be in your own industry. It could be, you know, a graphic designer that you want to connect with because a graphic designer might have clients that need, you know, a blog post or an email or mm-hmm. something. And and it's fun to to build relationships with people who are doing similar things. And and some of them will become clients and some of them won't, and that's fine. But like there's almost always um some sort of actual value and honest value to be to be exchanged. Um, in in any relationship that you can make in that way, so I, I love that advice. I think some of some of my favorite projects I've ever worked on, and and some of my biggest breakthroughs in business have often come from people who I was just friends with a long time before we ever said like, "Hey, we should collaborate on something together." You know, like you know Clay, who like I said is not here today, but usually co-hosts this podcast. People know, and um, he and I were friends for quite a while, and then and then we were like, "Hey, what if we you know coach some freelancers and." It's turned into this really cool collaborative project um, that's really been a great piece of our business. And, you know, it wasn't a cold, like you said, it wasn't a cold pitch. It wasn't a cold call. Uh, It was just like two friends, you know, who happen to work in the same industry. We still each have our own businesses. They're separate. We do our own thing, but we collaborate on this thing together. So I think there's a lot of cool opportunity there. 
Yeah. And I think that's, for me, that's where the bigger clients came. You know, Mm -hmm. I was fortunate to be with one client who had a network of other uh, people that that client hung around with. And, you know, I could leverage that. And that's how I was known. And I was able to grow and land bigger, bigger brands, but also get paid more for my content and even write less actually. So yeah, those are, it's key. Well, that's perfect. I, I know you mentioned previously as we were talking about Zapier specifically, you said like, I think that's how Zapier found me. And then you, you sort of backpedaled and you're like, oh, I don't know, actually. <laughs> do yeah. you know Do you know maybe how some of these more uh, brand name, well-known, reputable companies, how have they, if, if not through your website that we've, we've talked a lot about now through the episode, how did they find you? you yeah, have I have several, several uh, stories so I can share with you. Yeah, please. So Zap- Zapier is like, for me, a sore thing because for two years now, I've been trying, they offer guest posting, right? Zapier offers a guest posting. Sure. And so for two years, um, every year I try to pitch my guest post and every year I was denied. <laughs> it doesn't fit our content. Okay. <laughs> so then I would <laughs> wait a blank, year. Their blanket rejection. Yeah. yeah. So then I wait a year and try again. And so this year I did the same thing. I tried again and they even denied me this year too. But you know what was so funny? Maybe because I was so persistent or something, the editor actually stopped and I guess Googled my name or something because, you know, she responded, I took a look at your work and it looks great. We want to hire you basically. And I was like, (laughs) oh my gosh, like, did you not? Like, I don't know what's going on here because I've been for two <laughs> years you, now. Do you not realize I've been trying to do this for free for you for a while you know? now? <laughs> and this is what I mean. Like, I'm not pushy. I mean, I don't even have a signature on my email. Maybe if I had a signature, it would have happened. I don't know. But like, for me, I mean, I'm, I don't toot my horn too much. I mean, I'm just guest posting. I just wanted a guest post on that site so I can put it on my portfolio, basically. Nice. Yeah. And then they're like, well, let's just hire you. So I'm fortunate about that. But it's that happened similarly last time. Um, so the editor of Smart Blogger, he has a site and he does contributing. So I went and spent like hours looking at his site and just devising like some pitch topics for him. And I emailed through his contact form and like, I want to guest post. And of course he knows me because he knows me of Blogging Wizard. Like he's aware of me. Sure. This is John, also, right? This is Kevin, Kevin Duncan. Oh, okay. Um, oh, and okay. Yeah. He also, he helped me get my gig with, with Optin Monster because he knew of me through um, blogging wizard. So I already had, I've known him for years. It's been like, I don't know, four or five years, but he originally helped me. Um, he told me about Optin Monster wanting some content. And so I was able to get a gig through him. And then a couple years later, I'm like, let me guest post on his site because again, every now and then I, I want to guest post. Right. So just me pitching to him, I guess he saw my name and then he asked if I wanted to write for a smart blogger. And so I was like, Oh, okay. You know, so it's things like that where you, Put yourself out there, you know, go and pitch your guest post and you never know what happens. You honestly never know. Mm, yeah. It falls into that category of just hustling, right? <laughs> Which yeah, is like is like kind of hard to give that advice because it feels so broad, but but really like that's that's what it is. It's getting your name out there, it's building relationships, and eventually those pan out. I guess what what advice would you have for a freelancer who feels the urgency of of getting new clients and maybe feels like, well, I don't have three or four years to pitch to Zapier before they realize <laughs> that I'm a good fit. <laughs> um, you know, what advice would you have for them? It's just getting out there. It's, you know, I I am a still a big fan of job boards, even though, you know, they're not the mm-hmm. best gigs, mm-hmm. even though some of the gigs say you need like five years experience. I'm like, just pitch to them. If yeah, you totally. can 
you can um, win a gig that for someone who has five years experience in digital marketing with no website, with just like a couple portfolio pieces, or they can, and they can hire you instead because you have a full out website, you have a Twitter account, you have a LinkedIn account, you have Contently, you have all these sites, you know, you can win that gig, even though you're in your first year as a freelancer, like, it's not like fake it till you make it, but it's like, show yourself out, like, really, you know, um, give yourself some credit when you're writing mm. your content on your site, you know, uh, explaining your niche and that you are a good writer that you have proof or that you, you know, landed a guest spot. Even if it's an unknown, you know, in the beginning, I decided to guest post in um, like psychology sites. I was so excited that I landed a guest spot on some psychology site, even though that wasn't what my niche was. I'm like, I'm still going to promote it because it was cool to me. Like I, I, I have my name on a new like site on a magazine kind of thing, you know? So it's, it's showing up and, and, and being out there, I think is, is important. And job boards can really get you off like your road. And that's what happened to me. I landed a couple gigs on job boards. Then I was doing my networking. I got in front of some of those influencers and stuff and connected with them. And then I was able to land gigs on, on notable brands, which once they're on my portfolio, attracted bigger brands. Yeah. I I really love that you uh, were not afraid to say job boards because I'm a big believer in, in job boards. In fact, we've built a, a product listeners know called Solid Gigs that, that helps freelancers sort through job boards because there are some really great hidden gems in job boards. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff you have to sift through and that's part of the reason we built this other thing, but... Uh, there there's like there's really great stuff there too and i you know i've been freelancing for like i said i spend a lot of my time now sort of on community and and um building the blog and that sort of thing but i still freelance and so i've technically been freelancing since boy i don't know 2009 um and i still use job boards every once in a while to find cool new opportunities and and it's it's just such a, a like a simple way to get your foot in the door with cool companies. And then like you said, you know, people switch companies. I've had I've had people like work with me at one company and then go to another and pick me back up for that company. Like there's just it, job boards are a great way to get your foot in the door and then and then to get to know people and build the network while you're doing that other hustling that we talked about sort of on the side. So, um I think that's a great like two-pronged approach that you've shared with us where you sort of um search search apply pitch uh, on the job board side, and then also build like warm, warm leads, uh, commenting, all of that sort of relationship building stuff on the other side, and doing those two together. I don't see how that wouldn't work for someone, um, for for a freelancer who's just really, really putting forth the effort. Well, yeah, there's even um, there's one job site that only hosts like uh, magazines. Like, if you mm. want to be a writer for the Parenting Magazine or in style or whatever, there's even the job boards that is just focused on journalistic stuff too. So there, there is potential out there. Um, you know, for me, I, I'm not a journal journalist. I don't do magazine writing, but mm-hmm. I know that's out there. Um, but as I was saying with, with my, with my growth as a freelance writer and landing those like high paying clients, you don't have to be on social media. And I know a lot of writers aren't, but it's a goldmine for finding lots of clients on social media. And mm-hmm. I consider something like even LinkedIn, it's sort of like a social platform. But, you know, for me, I landed Walmart through my Facebook page, which is so funny mm. because I've never, ever, 
ever landed clients on Facebook at all. So <laughs> to land the biggest client there, I'm like, what? This is so weird. I thought it was fake. I was like, I read the email or the little message. I'm like, this is fake. This is not real. I had to get my husband like, is that the real logo? Because you know, there's fake things out there. That's a For big sure. thing where they can put like a dummy logo. It looks real. I, I don't know. It was like, I was real hesitant at first, but it was legit. And they wanted, they wanted, because I was a mom to twins, because I have another site that I share a whole bunch of parenting content. They looked at that site for some reason and they found that site and they found me and they wanted me to write like these gift guides for, for parents. And I was like, wow, this is so new. And that's what really sparked me at that time. It was, I think it was 2019 that I was like, wow, I am at this, like this stage right now in my, in my business that I can attract bigger brands. You know, why don't I start hustling a bit? Why don't I try to get these bigger brands? And that's what I've been doing these last few years is, is seeing what I can do. And it's interesting. It's, it's working. It's, you know, it's not like perfect, I, I don't do cold pitching, even though like I can teach it and stuff. And I know like theoretically, like what cold pitching is and how to do it. I just don't have the time. I really don't have the time. Yeah, it's very time consuming. I mean, we've talked about, you know, using tools like reply.io or something on this show. But but actual genuine cold outreach um, that doesn't feel spammy, it, it takes a lot of time and effort. And and particularly if you're getting a lot of inbound requests or or enough, I should say, inbound requests and enough traffic to your own stuff. Um, then you know it may not be worth the time. I <laughs> I love your story about uh, wondering if your if the Walmart client was fake. I've had that happen a couple times, and unfortunately, uh, probably about half the time it does end up being like uh, something fake, and you're like, oh, why you know why do people bother? But um, uh, I lost my train of thought. I was going to ask you something about. <laughs> I got caught up in the Walmart story. <laughs> I'm going to have to have them edit this out. Oh, sorry about that. No, that's fine. I just, uh, let me see if I can remember what I'm checking my notes. But yeah, when I got that in in my Facebook message, I, I read it and I had no idea. It said Walmart, but I honestly didn't believe it. And it took a long time for me to reply back and like it was legit kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, that's what that's what I was going to ask you um, is how how long, I don't know if we really established a timeline here, how long from the time you started freelancing until you said, you know, I'm going to try to go after some of these bigger brands. You know, maybe the Walmart outreach thing sort of was the catalyst for that. But how long were you freelancing before Walmart reached out maybe? About five years, actually. Okay, so quite a while. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Yeah, people... but I mean, I'm not... I'm sorry, I'm not pushing though. I wasn't actively yeah. trying. And I by that time, I was still working. I mean, I... I landed spots on Optin Monster and and for those and Smart Blogger and Blogging Wizard, all those things are great for my digital marketing. You sure. know, something like Walmart is lifestyle. It's completely different from my content. So mm. I was really surprised that they wanted to hire me. And mainly yeah. because I was Canadian and a mom. That mm. seems to work too for me for writing for big brands. Like the um, Wheels was one of my first. Wheels, which is a division of the Toronto Star, like the newspaper. Okay, yeah. uh-huh. They have an online wheels division of automotive because I was a mom and because I was in Toronto, they hired me. So that really helps. I think your location and if you're a mom, I guess. Oh yeah. Or, or just whatever your life situation is like, don't discount your life experience. In fact, I, yeah, I've, I've seen that as well that people, excuse me, clients, uh, 
you know, they could hire a, a writer who could just research their topic and spit out something. But what they really want is a writer that has like personal experience, like a mom of twins. There's there's certain personal experiences that I could research. In fact, my two youngest siblings are twins. I could probably write a few things about twins, but I could never write it from the perspective of an actual mother of twins. So I think it's important to not to discount, you know, your your personal life experience and that sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. It really helps. For me too, like the Canadian brands. I think for me, if you like live in the UK, try reaching, if you mm. want to do big brands, reaching the the country division because that's an easier route. Like I'm trying to, oh, you know, on, in, yeah, on Instagram, I'm um, networking with like GoDaddy, but it's the Canadian GoDaddy. Got so it. I thought, well, why don't I try to, you know, maybe land a guest post or something there with the Canadian side of GoDaddy. Which yeah. I think might be an easier route if you really sure. want to work for like companies. Maybe try if they have a country division. Yeah, you're you're basically working with a medium sized company instead of a large global company at that point, right? Like trying to find people mm-hmm. sort of at a lower level, maybe more maybe more reachable than like <laughs> GoDaddy Global, mm-hmm. where you know they're just way more busy and and maybe don't deal with freelancers or whatever. So I love that. I love that advice. Well, Elna, I think this has been, I mean, it's been very insightful for me. I've taken a bunch of notes myself. Uh, Hopefully listeners have found it insightful as well and taken some notes. Is there anything we've left out on this process that you think we need to cover before we wrap up the episode today? No, I think everything's great. Awesome. Why don't you tell people where they can find you? I know we've mentioned it a few times throughout the episode, but for the listeners, we will link to all of the stuff Elna mentions here in our show notes, along with a couple of things I mentioned during our conversation. But where can uh, where can people catch up with you, learn more about you, and, and watch what you're working on? Sure, you can. If you're interested in more freelancing topics, you can go to elnacane.com. And if you want to follow me, you can on Instagram. I'm over there at elnacane. Perfect. Definitely connect with Elna. She's doing some cool stuff in the freelancing space. Like I said, uh, we've we've definitely taken note of all of the great work she's doing, and uh, we appreciate you coming on the show today, Elna. Thank you so much. All right, take care. Freelance to Founder is produced by the team at Millo. Visit millo.co to level up your freelancing. And Dripify, visit getdripify.com to become a bad A in business. Freelance to Founder is also part of The Podglomerate. You can check out more amazing podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music for this show was produced by Joaquin Carud. You can catch past episodes at FreelanceToFounder.com or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. While you're at it, we'd love an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. Until next time. See ya.